When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce. Welcome to my YouTube channel slash podcast discussion area. Today's guest is Mike Nina, who is an Australian filmmaker who has just completed a three-part documentary on the Evergreen Spring, or the Evergreen Brett Weinstein situation. In this interview, we speak about what led him to the Evergreen story, which turns out to be his work with Helen Pluckrose, James Lindsay, and Peter Bogosian, those three being the authors of the Sokol Squared, or Grievance Studies hoax. Mike and I then move on to mull over the connection between what happened at Evergreen Green and the grievance studies literature, and we speak about the difficulty in trying to bridge that connection for the popular imagination and trying to see if what happened at Evergreen is or is not the inevitable result of what happens when that way of thinking, that progressive applied postmodernism, reaches critical mass within a closed environment and what that might mean if that ideology reaches a critical mass in society at large. I think that Mike's work and my work really dovetail well together, and I encourage you, if you haven't already, to check out his YouTube channel and his other movies, videos, documentaries, and stuff like that. He's a pretty cool guy. So here's Mike Nina. I'd like to talk to you. Thanks for yeah. uh, consenting to having your face mashed into uh, pixels and pronounced to the world. I know you're more comfortable behind the pointy device. Yeah, yeah, it feels weird to be on this side of it, but um, I'm in your hands. Be gentle. Well, you know, yeah. Um, and you are in our ears now and our eyes, uh, and you belong there. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the, the work that you did on Evergreen, but I wanted to ask you first how you got led to the Evergreen story, because that is a story in and of itself. Oh, man, there's, this is like, there's a lot of layers to this, but... I guess, um, so you're familiar with the grievance study stuff, is that correct? I'm not sure if your audience will be though. So I started making a film with Helen Pluckrose, James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian about a secret project they were doing. They were writing um, hoax papers and submitting them to academic journals to, I, I guess we can say, test the political bias of certain academic fields within the academy. Um, so from there, I, I was just, I was just reading a lot of the, the articles and output and meeting with activists that kind of went through these disciplines and figuring all that out at, at that time and monitoring, um, monitoring the project, just trying to figure it all out. And mm -hmm. I met Brett and Heather at an event with James Damore in Portland, PSU. Peter Bogosian and um, Helen Pluckrose and Heather Hain did a, a uh, yeah. what was it? It was just like a panel. A panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was protested. So I made it actually a little short about that. Um, people want to see it, they can go to my channel. 
Uh, so that's where I met Brett and Heather. And I'd l- learned loosely about the Evergreen stuff. And at the time, the film I was making was very much, it was very theoretical. Like it was, it was all, like most of it's Jim, Pete and Helen sitting at a computer and talking and, you know, it's all words and there's, there's not much, there's not much action there. So it was, it was great to be part of that James and Moore event, have it protested and see a little bit of the real world stuff that's occurring as a result of this um, theoretical stuff. And so I was looking for ways to um, just, I mean, just visualize what I was seeing on, in the, in the, the scholarship that they were reading. And I read, after meeting um, Brett and Heather, I read, read an article they wrote for the Washington Examiner, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they had they'd talked about the Evergreen um, case. Um, they, they wrote it out really quite well. It was like a self-contained story. And I was like, wow, this is a film in and of itself. But they also linked to the canoe um, footage. Um, and when I saw, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, I just couldn't sit still. Cause I saw in that footage, what I was seeing in the, uh, in the academic literature, it was like the academic literature was starting to look to me like, um, some kind of victimhood theology. It was very, it was very, it was almost religious. And so to see the canoe event and to see it visualized like that was, that was like, oh, I have to get this footage into into the film somehow. I mean, it was brilliantly shot as well. You, you were on a camera there. Is that, yeah, that's correct? Was, the canoe yeah. footage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> almost too good, almost too well shot because now that it's in the series, people are contacting me saying, is that a reenactment? Like they can't, they, mm. they find it hard to watch that as actual um, document, uh, documentary footage. But anyway, so I'm I'm like, well, I have to get this footage into into the film somehow because it's it just it speaks a lot to what I'm looking at, and it's a real world visualization of what's going on in text. And so, I organised a conversation with um, my subjects, which is Helen, Pete, and Jim, and Brett and Heather. Um, when they were in town and then they went through the story and it was just, I mean, they deliver it so well. It was, just, it was a beautiful thing just to listen to them. And it was so fascinating. And you know, I mean, you know, Evergreen, you, you're, yeah. you're the Evergreen yeah. guy. You're like <laughs> two years of your life have gone into untangling this story. So yeah, well, yeah. it was like layers upon layers upon layers of interesting shit that was going on and footage resources as far as the eye could see. So I was, um, researching this and trying to figure it out only to be a scene in my film um but then it started growing more and more and more and i was like well i have to i have to cut this properly um and then maybe i can condense it i have to understand it and cut it properly and then maybe i can condense it for my film um but the process of cutting it properly and understanding it uh it seemed like it was it was an awesome thing in and of itself so i just started i thought well you know what i'll put it up on youtube and, you know, early on, my, my route through this was the, um, because I was looking at the scholarship, um, it, was the, it was the teachers and the faculty that was most interesting to me. And so I started looking at the Coming Together series. That was, that was the first kind of footage that I was looking at. And I'd already known a few of the names, and Robin D'Angelo was one of them. And I saw in there, I was like, aha, here we go. This is, this mm-hmm. is very interesting because... Um, 
I mean, she, she's a big name in the scholarship now. And so to have her linked to this crazy thing that happened was so, it was just beautiful. So, so you come <laughs> in at some point, it was beautiful. Like it's, it's, she's an interesting, she's very charismatic in everything as well. Like all these people yeah. are characters. It's like, it's such an yeah. awesome thing to happen, happen. Like Naima and Jamil and the little, as you say, noodly armed bat gang. Oh, it's, it's just, it, yeah. it's really, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so, where did you come in? You came in at some point because I was looking at the Coming Together series and, and just unraveling that and going, holy shit, there is, there's a pretty, there's an awesome link between the scholarship and this event, this crazy protest event. And your, Heather put you and I in contact. I remember we had a conversation, it was, it was probably a year ago now, right? I like, think about a year long. ago, perhaps, maybe a little bit less than Yeah. That. And so your stuff became very important to me because, you know, I, you can only do so much um, research and figure it all out. But you were the man on the ground, so every time I'd hit a hit, try and un, unravel the story, um, and I'd hit a wall and go, "What, what actually happened here? What's there?" And surely enough, you would have the answer to it. So I started watching your stuff and mm-hmm. the footage resources that you gathered and the information. It became, well, you know, central to to what I was doing. So. So do you think that what happened at Evergreen in the spring of 2017 is a direct result of the what James Lindsay has coined as grievance studies? Yep. You think that there's a direct causation? I, I definitely do. I mean, like in, any, in anything like that, there's a lot of, you know, causal factors. Like there's, there's a lot going on and... Mm-hmm. You know, the internet is one of them. The fact there were cameras around was another. The yeah. the generation in itself and how it's been brought up is a factor. But I think that it wouldn't have happened if if these little identity based Kafka traps hadn't been taught to everyone. And so, and you know, this mm-hmm. this kind of appeals to guilt, the white guilt stuff that's going on. That was the thing that immobilized the ability to push back at it. Yeah, and so it escalated and escalated and escalated. I think you told me early on um, it was it was a combination. This is I'm going to butcher it, but it's a combination of something that you said and that Brett said that really that really struck me and really made me think that the Evergreen thing was important. It was that um, that Evergreen is what happens when this way of thinking hits critical mass within like a closed system because. Mm-hmm. Evergreen is—it's almost like a self-governing body, right? It's, it even uses the They're terminology. To be, you've, got, yeah. you know? <laughs> you've got a president. You've got uh, the faculty. You kind of, kind of, you know, governance. Um, you've got the student body, which is like um, the population, and you, you've got police services. You've got food services. It's—it's it's almost like this thing that could function in itself. And so, if the philosophy of that closed system mm. is is tampered with to 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 an extent that these applied postmodernists want the actual country to be tampered oh, yeah. with. Um, you're gonna see like a, a small version of the results, right? Like I think it's, it's there's a lot of data in what happened there. It's like a it's mm. like a test run for this this the uh, the enterprise that these these postmodern um, scholars actually want to roll out on a larger and larger level. So that like when you said that to me, it really stuck to me, and I. I I've been thinking of it in that in those terms a bit. Yeah. It's like this is this is a case study for what could happen. This is like the yeah. canary in the coal mine. So in 
in having a bunch of previously done research into the academic level and the theoretical mm. level or what you call the theological level of yeah. this ideology <laughs> um and then going in and and seeing it i guess like you kind of brought that framework to it but now that you're kind of i guess at this point like the the documentary about evergreen is kind of stable it's kind of finished in so far for this period of time and is yeah. the grievance study stuff that's still ongoing it's not completed yeah yet. yeah okay. yeah I, I don't want to rush that i think that it's <laughs> it's it's really it's strange because i'm like i'm not an academic but i just I, I actually really want to figure out what's going on so that's what's <laughs> driving me here i think the, the stuff i make is just uh um i don't know just to keep me entertained while i try and figure it out um yeah. and so, so i don't the, yeah go on well the, the the question that i'm going towards is have you been able to make or see uh people's eyes being opened to the result of this grievance studies like your hypothesis is that grievance studies led to what happened at evergreen mm. Are, have you been able to show that to other people and have you experienced resistance to that i've seen a lot of kind of this anti free speech kind of movement on twitter where people are arguing uh, against the idw and and mm. the the grifter class that's making a big mm. deal out of these mm. academics, and they're oh, saying it's not that big thing. of a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think that they're right, but I don't know how to reach out to those people. I don't know how to like. It seems like there's a gulf between yeah. the theory yeah. and what happened at Evergreen. And think, have yeah, you been able to figure out how to like show people that? Well, I think that that, that showing people. If people understand things better in stories, they're like the thing is, is that you speak to Helen, Jim, and Pete, and it's all high-level theoretical stuff. And mm. the project they did actually delivered some evidence, and like that—that is, that's it's you know that's going to rock someone's um, uh, existing perceptions of these things. But what rocks them even more is is like video evidence, and just you know you yeah, can't okay. actually escape that there's something going on here. Okay. And I think that Evergreen is just such an amazing resource because they're, they're proudly filming every little section of it, and it's it's just it's so it's documented. And you, you I mean, like you yeah. know, I don't, you you are a big part of that. I think I think that this stuff needs to be documented, and we need to look at it and, and study it. Like it seems, I, I think that you get through to people with films and stories and things like yeah. that. Um, I'm not. There's an interesting thing that goes on within within the group of you know Helen, Jim, Pete, and I. We've got we call it a scale where you've got Helen, who's this academic. She's she's at zero. She's always pulling everything to zero. It's like no, we've got to talk about epistemology and um, <laughs> make sure that everybody's liberal ethics are under. And it's it's it's. I mean, it's amazing. Like we, okay. she's without her, we we're we're okay. we're not grounded in. So the, by you know, zero, you mean the ground? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's hundred, which is probably you know closer to Pete and I, which is like let's let's communicate this to the wider public. And so there is this scale between the the academics and this really specialized language and making sure that we don't um, we don't put them out of favor because there's certain things you can do that get closer to this this kind of popular hundred point that just you just lose all the academics. Okay. But you're not yeah. going to have any effect unless you you're you're convincing some of the academics. And so hmm. um I just think that this stuff this stuff is being addressed in a really kind of there's all these academic solutions that are going on which is like heterodox academy and you okay. know these like 
people are writing papers about it and stuff like that. But the problem, the problem is that's occurring is, is is occurring at this level as well. And so there, there has to be mm-hmm. there has to be a solution that kind of hits both of these things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sorry, I speak in riddles from time to time. Well, no, no, to run <laughs> to run with that metaphor and mix it up a bit. And I wonder, I have been speaking with a, a therapist who um, specializes with teens. And uh, specifically teens who are going through, uh, you know, questioning gender issues and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, you know, my evergreen work and and working with this particular generation and working, untangling the social justice mindset and kind of seeing, Mm -hmm. okay, there's this crazy activity that's very easy to popular popularize in a mocking tone and and you have like mm. this huge kind of youtube uh kind of industry, yeah. Yeah, um, industry. kind of yeah, sifting yeah, totally. through all these crazy activists right yeah and yeah and the thing that i brought up is like okay mockery does one level of work that's one vanguard yeah. of kind of dismantling this stuff or challenging it but it doesn't yeah. actually reach um, it, it has a barrier. It doesn't reach people who think very seriously about this stuff and excuse yeah. the foolishness of, yeah. of the improper way that it's being taken. So it needs to be tethered to the zero, right? Yeah. Like you've got all these, you've got all these, these hundred people who are actually, they are kind of grifting, right? Like, cause they don't actually understand what's going on and they're just going, Oh, this works, this works. Let's tease these people. Yeah. But you know, there's on that spectrum, there's all these, you know, uh, it's got to be cre- connected to something true or something that's, that's mm-hmm. a little more solid. And I mean, you got mm-hmm. you know Tatiana McGrath, who's who's she's she's up here, but she's not grifting mm-hmm. or he. Um, it's it's a joke, but it, it really is tethered to the truth of what's going on. It's a very okay. it's it's a yeah. different level of what's going on, and therefore it's more effective. I feel okay. Yeah. And so yeah, what 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 you're saying? Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a difficult. It's a very very difficult thing to get through to because I mean it's an academic problem. I think we all hmm. live downstream from from the academy, hmm. um, but things have been sped up because because the the kind of uh, the distribution of information. It used to have channels and middlemen that used to control it, but it doesn't really have that anymore. And so it goes a lot of stuff goes straight from the academy to the, yeah. the real world. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was just thinking so about academic, that. Academic solutions are too slow. I feel. You, okay. You, we've got to. We've got to. Well, yeah, they need to be filtered well through <laughs> various different levels of action, and you know, they they need to be distilled and memified and and turned into slogans in a way to see which slogan mm. can can bridge that gap or which kind of, mm. uh, you know, kind of balancing act. It seems like. So I wonder if, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to? create a story that can encapsulate the high-minded um, academic stuff and tether it or I guess tether them to each other and and is that not kind of uh, does that make you nauseous trying to get those two things to interact oh or? man oh that's why I'm not and everyone's like where's the film where's the film where's the film I was like I got a lot of reading to do I gotta do like a mm. DIY master's degree to actually figure out this thing and not to be torn to shreds when I put it out there hmm. um but yeah, How do you present that do. in a cinematic fashion then? Have you figured out solutions to that? Character like journeys. Character journeys. Oh, okay. I think that, so it's, it's the, this is, this is actually, so I'm going through the process that I want the audience to go through. And so 
I'm 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 going to be a character in the film. Like I, it's 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 me talking about my relationships to um, Jim, Helen, and Pete, and how I was after. Like at the start, I was how most people would be when they see these guys talking about these high high level things and being a little bit. Um, um, I mean, they're 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 challenging their sense of social justice, and so I I felt that early on. I was like, well, like I don't. These guys are used car salesmen. Maybe they're they're mm. grifters. And then as I learned more, I be, I actually became really good friends with them and realized their point of view. And so I have to go through the process to understand it enough to communicate it back. But when I was first in this, I didn't understand much. So I was at the level at where the 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 viewer is going to be. So I I hope I hope to that I'm documenting my journey along this that that it can then my my experience is then the experience of the audience and then I can I mean it's it's not it's not a process of creating propaganda or trying to convince or anything it's just this is what I this is what I okay, experienced yeah. with this you know like this is I think that there's more levels to what's going on here and I want yeah. I want to actually learn it like I want to I want to learn it as best I can anyway yeah have you seen that there are um good versions of grievance studies do you have you grappled with the the kernel or the lodestone of truth in it <laughs> have you been able to recognize that that it is based on something that is good um we're talking about a spectrum right so we're talking okay. about the, the deepest darkest elements of it which you could probably see well, the, what the, are those, uh, this, this is this is i think people who are totally untethered to reality and view the world in systems of language and um, discourses. And it's, it's very much the, the you know, the, the pretty deep, dark, postmodern um, side of it. But, it, you know, I mean, hmm. it, 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 this is very complicated because it's, 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 these, these are a collection of ideas. So how do you draw? And they influence all sorts of things. So how, do you, how are you to draw uh, lines around it? And that's why, you know, with the, the coming up with the name grievance studies and actually using that was there was a big internal fight because academics, they, they don't name something unless they actually know they can draw lines around it and they can point to it properly. But okay. you, it's, it's like um, I, I, I use the and I use the we used to say it's like Voldemort, you know, every like you could hear these academics talk about it. They knew whereabouts it was coming from, but they never say its name because academics they don't really speak outside of their little their little niche you know their little niche of expertise it's just something that they do and so naming naming what's going on there it's it's like an it's like an approach to studying something and so how do you how do you draw lines around it um because it is there's a spectrum of of the craziness and i mean if you look at the new real peer review it's it's doing a pretty good job of catalog uh cataloging the craziness yeah. But also, it, it's connected to more and more reasonable ideas until mm. you've got ideas that, I mean, theology finds truth. It, it, it kind of stumbles on it. Huh. <laughs> and so there is, there is this kind of good, there's this good element of it, and some of it actually might actually work. Yeah. But it's, it, the, the, the foundations of it aren't okay. the scientific method or they're not, they're not grounded in anything that's, that's very solid. I know, I know I'm rambling. I haven't really figured no, out. No. I haven't really figured out good ways to um, communicate this stuff yet. It's part of the reason why I was, I was nervous to be here because I, I don't feel ready. But yeah, I'll well, try. Well, you know, maybe maybe it's something that'll catalyze uh, so, some sort of understanding or uh, encapsulating capacity. 
Maybe. Uh, for, I need, for I need to it. train more, right? Like, and I need this. I need to figure out how to speak about it. Who have you seen like a figure who like embodies grievance studies like out there in the wild? Like, is there one person who can en- encapsulate it all and really embody it to, to use one of their phrases? Well, I, I think it's Robin D'Angelo. Like at the mm. moment she's, okay. she's, yeah, she's, she, she, she operates. Sometimes, sometimes you, you watch her and you're like, oh, it's so reasonable. So it's so awesome. She's, she's actually really good at, She's charismatic and she's really good at selling it, but then, then all of a sudden it'll you'll get these little like like sentences or paragraphs or something, and you, you collect the paragraphs and you put them and you show people and you're like, holy fucking shit! But okay. the because um, it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's well, like what, what, could you describe racist. like okay, it's racist. That yeah, it's racist. And, it, and you it, think it, that racism is crazy? Then I think so. Yeah, I think it's yeah. wrong. Huh. <laughs> I think, and she challenges you know, like treating everyone the same, and um, just these, these these principles that actually hmm. make the world a better place. And I think I think that you know there's there's traditional liberal principles that are responsible for social justice. So they're responsible for all the gains that we've got. And she's untangling them and making people think about them differently. And it's like well, I don't. She doesn't see that she's doing the damage. She actually thinks she's she's advancing it but you advance something too far and it turns into the reverse right so um well there's something baked into her way of thinking whether on a rhetorical level or on an intellectual level that actually strips the brake pads from the vehicle that she creates it like and and within evergreen like you were saying at the beginning of this conversation that it 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 spiraled out of control because like in the very ideology was all these way methods of not being able to confront it and not being able to slow it down, not being able to question it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 She's, she's really, she's creating a freight train hmm. because that, yeah. Oh, it's such a good analogy. There's no brakes. There's no brakes to it. Cause it's like, and, and you, you see these, these teachers who are frozen in front of really unreasonable stuff. And it's like, and a, a lot of the comments and things underneath the, um, the YouTube video is like, why didn't they do anything? It's really hard to like fathom the way that these teachers are behaving. It's like, why would you put up with that? How weak, how horrible. And yeah. it, I don't, it's, it's not necessarily weakness. It's they've, they've actually been reading this stuff that has mm. dismantled all their ability to, mm. to push back on anything because it, it becomes their fault. It's like they're, 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 mm. They have to look at themselves. As soon as someone has these identity factors which are repressed, um, it's always your fault. Like they're experiencing something, so it's about understanding their experience and then and then looking at yourself and why you and why you maybe you actually it's a sin to push back on their lived experience, even if their lived experience is I, I want extra meals. Do you know what I mean? There's a, yeah, there yeah, a, yeah, there's yeah. a few scenes in there where there's this is extreme, like a clear grift going on, and I know that there's there there's, there's like a mob mentality, so there's fear in there. But I, I do think like there's this. I look mm. at it and I'm like, oh, they're searching their soul. They they think that there is reason in here, and they're mm. they're blaming them themselves for it, for doubting that these students yeah. have something to say. Well, one of the things either directly said by D'Angelo or within the evergreen footage at multiple points is that if you question this, that's not because it's wrong. It's because there's something with you that you don't want to face. 
Like that, that your, your resistance to this is a part of your fragility, which is a part yes. of your privilege, which is a part of, yes. they don't, they never say sin, but like, like, it's just like, <laughs> just make the, just make the, if they made the damn leap to religious language, then one, we could attach, we could attach understanding to it. And yep. two, they could actually yep. uh, attach art to it and build like this whole theology with icons and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing that it lacks. Like there's no real aesthetic. Grow, right? Like it might actually grow into something more yeah. rounded and beautiful then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like some songs, you know, I mean, they do. Really dark religion. That's what <laughs> yeah. it is. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have redemption. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't have the things that make it functional. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's another thing is that I think that this this religion connection it's it seems it seems like a sassy kind of hundred point it seems like a meme yeah. where you can go oh you guys are dickheads and yeah. I've got a great deal of respect for religion for one um, but it's I genuinely think that this is the best way to understand this phenomenon like I, hmm. I actually think that that this is a legitimate a legitimate way to look at it and the the more I'm looking into I'm like there's Durkheim and hmm. Uh, Max Weber and all these is it Weber Weber? He's German, so it's probably Weber. Um, hmm. All these guys who are doing do it, who have done all this sociological work around religion. You're reading, you're like, oh, I can see, I can see those patterns yeah. here. Yeah. And so, I mean, even there's there's sociologists who have, who have, I sent you you that paper recently. There's, yeah. there's there's like three sociologists who have reached out to the grievance studies guys and um, and myself Good. because of the channel and said, hey, I've I've been inspired to actually look at this Great. as religious behaviors and they're actually doing it at an academic level oh, and okay. so i don't think that this is i don't yeah i don't think that's a sting it's not it's not it's, yeah. it's actually what's going on there i think uh, yeah in a way, way we can separate i'm reading jonathan uh, rauch or rauch is uh i can't think of the name of it um his it's a 20 year old book and it's called the kindly inquisitors uh, and it was recommended to me by James Lindsay. Uh, and he talks about, he goes after the Christians, uh, the fundamentalists, but he breaks it down yeah. from religion. He goes into fundamentalist thinking and he pits that against liberal thinking. And he says that liberal science is that there's no authority, that everything is always open to question yeah. and, and there's no central authority. Whereas a fundamentalist mindset says there is a central authority it's it's based on a book and then there's one person that interprets the book and that's one thing that i'm waiting to occur within the postmodernist grievance study this whole wheelhouse that we're both looking into a lot of other people are looking into is that where's that central figure who's that one person that's going to be able to galvanize it, it? And, and, and what disturbs me is that it's crowdsourced. It seems like that cult leader mm. is somehow mm. crowdsourced. And, and, and with that whole progressive stack, that one leader is always being dismantled in front of everybody. Mm. And they, it's mm. kind of, it goes back to like ancient religion about like the, the king of the wanting year and the king of the waxing year. I don't know. Uh, there's a book on this called the golden bow where like these ancient European societies would kill their king every year. Right. And, and that would like the king's death would like free them into the next part of the year. And it seems like this really primitive religion is is constantly crucifying that one individual because they're, they're never they're never oppressed enough. Because as soon as you're ultimately oppressed, you have the ultimate privilege and therefore you need to be taken down. Well, I think period. I think you're I think you're you're really looking into some kind of dynamic that's happening in the in the, you know, undomesticated versions of this, because the, I mean, the philosophy mm. operates in, in oh, okay. these groups. And so when when the structure breaks down, 
there, there, it's this, it's this, you know, race to the top. So there is something that I think you've you've hit on something, but it looks to me that there, there is, there is actually a a a, a, a church, and the, the the academy is is giving giving PhDs, and so you've got an authority. Yeah. You're you're actually part okay. of yeah. the priesthood. It's it's it, you yeah. you're you're well versed in these ideas, and you have you you there's this kind of it, it is it's it's a more established hierarchy mm-hmm. and then then okay. on um underneath that there there are you know charismatic people who embody who embody it who work outside of any kind of structure and system um so one of the guys who sent me the the uh paper that I, that I sent you um I'm going to butcher this but he he was looking at it as though there were it was priests Priests and priestesses, and hmm. a less, a less. Um, you know, they're not looking at the, the codified, um, like system of belief, or system of like. The, I mean, the codified, the, the the Bible is the grievance studies literature, and so once you're well versed in that, you become a priest. You're like the middleman between yeah. the the truth, yeah, the truth of the world, and you you you. But you're you're very you're very you're restricted, right? You have to you have to use you you have to work within this this church system that's operating. But then there 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 are people who are who are operating on the internet, and Naim is probably closer to one of them, even though she was part of the priesthood. But it's like the embodiment; it's the embodiment of the philosophy, and they're they're often they're often the ones with the most intersectional variables. So it's like this yeah, it's this okay. strange little caste huh. system. There is this domesticated version of what's going on. And then there's this kind of in the wild um, version yeah. of which, which huh. you see a lot of it on on the internet. You can see that playing out on the internet. Yeah. The, the the way that these people. I just the the one act. thing that I have a hard time imagining or envisioning is their vision of the utopia that they want, because I only ever see them being against you know the man <laughs> against the system. And and going around and, and suppressing speech and suppressing mm-hmm. voices because mm-hmm. everybody else is in the way of this great thing. It seems like they can't. I've never seen like a positive manifestation of equity heaven yet without well, think, it needing that, that that devil or that that the bad guy is always there and lurking. The white man is always in the corner. Like, yeah, like they're it's, it's to, based on evil, right? Like it's it's a it's a religion based on evil. Like there's there's no redemption or what? What is the good? The good's probably the noble savage or what could have been if white man didn't colonize the world. Um, I, I wonder if you have you intersected with like or seen somebody like describe like what what they're going towards? Like what is this great society, the city on the hill that they're they're trying to establish, or is it all critique and critique and? Dismantlement. Well, I mean, I mean, that's that's why that's why the term grievance studies took off because there's truth in it. Like it's just, it's about grievance and revenge for now. Like mm-hmm. I think that there is there's it, it's a destructive. Like this is this was my route in. I was I was looking at activism here in Australia and I was like something's going on here. Activism is isn't what it used to be. Um, it's very it's become destructive and, and, you know, it's got its own language. They're even dressing the same. And so it was like, this has turned into something else. So that was kind of like my, my road into this world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Like, it's, it's like, where, where is the good here? But they do describe it. They do describe a world. Surely they do. I'm just trying, I'm thinking about Felix Brathis now that the guy, surely he was saying that we can go to something, we can be better. They're, they're saying that they don't describe hmm. it, but they, 
they allude to it, right? They allude to the utopia. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that one scene that was 60 days before the protest where he says that the rebel queens of the island uh, yeah. rose up and overthrew their white oppressors, you know, and, and there's one of the main protesters is in the back of the room, like, like just sponging oh, this yeah. up. And, oh, and yeah. he's basically laying it out. But like, even in that, that speech that he gives or that conference, and he's such the least charismatic character in the world. It was so hard to film that guy. I would just be filming <laughs> this guy, just like yelling at him in my head because like the way he holds the microphone, his speech patterns. George is our leader. And truthfully, we're at this point today. It's because he did see the foresight when he came to this campus. The whole thing is just like a disaster <laughs> on an but, but there's also beauty in it. It's like there's some yeah, – I, yeah. I watched him and it's like The Office. It's like that guy <laughs> who, does, who thinks he is something that he isn't and in the blind spot. It's like the blind yeah. spot. It makes you cringe and feel yeah. horrible. But it's, it's also like it's so – there's something, there's something um, that puts me in awe when I see someone whose blind spot is that big. Yeah. you know you can see that it's playing out in his head he's there's, there's all this there's music in his head and his yeah, 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 yeah. character and then cut to reality and he's like fumbling over his words and not yeah. <laughs> saying all this this useless shit but throughout my all my evergreen footage i never see them they, they want the police gone they want mm. uh, they want the faculty replaced with a different color faculty. They want all these changes to happen, but I don't see they want it. They want an equity center. I guess that's the closest that I've seen. They want their safe space. They like, want power. Like, they want they they want. Well, but ultimately, they really want power. Yeah. yeah. Which is the power to inflict. Like, the, and when they get the power, it's always to break down and to accuse and to put other yeah. people in the place. It's never to. It doesn't go anywhere, right? It like, doesn't go anywhere. Of, you're reminding me of the scene. And this is when I felt really sorry for the president, George Bridges, was, I mean, it's first day, first day of protests. He's, he's handling it like he's handling it badly, but he's handling it okay psychologically, you can see. And he's, you know, oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. his thing, bureaucrat. You get deeper and deeper into the protests, you know, his hair's starting to um, be a little messed up. He's, he's tired. He's, he's, he's like this it's torture what they were putting him through was some kind of psychological torture and no matter you know i mean just a human to human i didn't agree with what he was doing but i was like, oh man this is yeah. sad and there's that scene in um in the office where i mean it's, it's crowded everyone's around there's yelling there's there's people who are who are get trying to get on side with with the like the faculty are starting to starting to split and get angry at each other it is like it's a, it's it's a very interesting thing to watch but if you look at the way that they talk to he can't he can't give them an answer do you do you remember this scene it's like he gives them an answer it's not good enough he gives them a solution it's not good enough and it's he puts his hands up you've got to put it in his pocket it's yeah. like it's going round and round and round. It's it, it it it's it's psychological torture. I'm looking at this thing and they're having so much fun. It it, it looks like a little toddler who's who's tearing the legs off off yeah. a, off of some kind of bug. Like there's some kind of torture joy in this thing because it's not they they they're getting off on the sense of being able to control someone who's in a powerful position because they're not looking for a solution. They they're asking for something that can't be done, and then they're just putting him on this treadmill. And there's this it's this is such a strange, and it's sad and and yeah. and and horrible thing to watch. And it just he's really he's actually trying to give them 
some kind like trying to work towards a solution, but every solution gets teared down. So it's just yeah. there's no there's no forward motion or constructive um, I just, behavior. I wonder. I just, think the burden of proof is on us to or people in our position that are trying to tell this story is to figure out if that was inevitable or not. If that is the actual inevitable byproduct of mm-hmm. the grievance studies, and mm. we, you know, I'm not supposed to make this reference, but the same thing happened in China with the same freaking set of ideas and they did the exact same thing. supposed to make that reference? Well, you know, you're not supposed to say... Well, you're not supposed to bring up communist or or, or Nazi. You're supposed to avoid calling your... that which you are critiquing either well, communist. This, this is an interesting thing, and I think that this is this is the uh, this is why the zero people hate me, people like me, um, because it's um, we're talking about human hardware, and so hmm. the human hardware is the thing that doesn't change, and then the software is the ideas on top of it that appeal to the different bits of human hardware, okay. and so. Yeah. The way I look at this thing is that the the the, the you know Nazi Germany, um, the communists, their, their, their ideas. If you look at them, there's this grievance and there's this oppressor and oppressed, and there's these things. There's something deeper going on, hardware-wise, yeah. that these ideas are appealing to. Um, if you look at the references of these new ideas in the supplied postmodernism, they don't actually lead back to any of this thing. So it it, it is okay. its own entity. Okay. It's different huh. software. Okay. Um, but all the all the hardware appeals. I mean, it's got probably closest genealogy to Marxism. There's a little bit of crossover and a few few texts that they seem to all enjoy. Um, and I mean, they're they're in the far left element uh, part of the academy, so they're rubbing shoulders with the Marxists and sharing ideas. But I mean, Helen hates it because she's a zero person and has to be a clean. She has to be yeah. able to. Spot, yeah. the, spot the the um, the citations all the way to the yeah. source. All the ear goes. What's that? Sorry, it's a Latin phrase meaning "therefore." All the therefores, therefore, oh, therefore, 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 therefore. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know, it doesn't work on a zero point in, in okay. with the zero point kind of guy. But the hardware is the same thing, and that's why you're seeing these patterns reemerge because it's okay. the it's the it's different software appealing to the same hardware, and so you will see similar patterns emerge. So, so what what are those patterns then? I guess it's uh, it's vengeance. Vengeance. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that uses hatred and fear. The whole cultural Marxism thing. It's like the, these guys who say that are wrong, but they're also a little bit right. Like there's a, there's, I mean, it's undeniable. It's undeniable that that, that these these patterns are reemerging. Um, mm. how, how, I mean, I watched something recently that you did with that guy who's that horrible story about he, he, his grandfather and he he went through the the Maoist oh yeah, um, yeah. revolution, yeah. and it's it's like. Come on. Okay. There's people yeah. who have lived there and they're like, this is happening again, guys. Yeah, writing, <laughs> writing, writing the confession out. Like, and then the white exactly. person writing out the same confession 50 years later, you know, yeah. except without the train tracks, you know, and just the, her, I guess her career could get train tracked, but she's yeah. making it a bid for. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I think we're, we're a little more stable with the violent stuff now. Like, I think yeah. that it's, it's, it'll take a lot to get there. And I think a lot of people are going, oh, we're going to head there. We're going to head there. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I think we're a long way off because the world's just a, we value life a lot more now, so mm-hmm. um, it'll be hard to go there. But the the the, hmm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 all there. It's all waiting to happen. Have you and your cohort have you guys stumbled upon antidotes to this? Is there like a anti meme to this? A, a vax meme that? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's not. <laughs> 
the Academy can get injected with uh, this infection? Will... I well, I mean, Helen. Helen's the oracle. Just go speak to her. She's she she is a zero. She's a zero put person. Like we get lost when we're when we're over in the the hundreds, right? She actually she can bring everything back, and it must be so. It must be such an anxious existence for her because everything, all the chaos, she's able to um, categorize and bring back and go, no, this is wrong because it's not aligning with my liberal principles. And so if you're an actual yeah. liberal, a lot of the time it's like, I'm like, what the hell's going on here, Helen? And Helen will go, oh, yes, this is wrong because of this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Oh, what You're like huh. some kind of awesome AI that I can use to, yeah. <laughs> to, to untangle the mess. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the solution is Helen. <laughs> maybe yeah. the solution isn't a man, the human. You know, it just makes <laughs> me think that that a postmodern problem requires a postmodern solution on an artistic level. And I was just thinking, like earlier when we were talking, I was trying to visualize how do you visualize this uh, applied postmodernist thinking and all these different phrases and terms and thinking. And and my brain just jumped jumped to. That Linkletter uh, movie, Waking Life, did you ever see that? It's all rotoscoped, and it's all this dream, and it, everything's melting into itself. Oh, is, is, is it Keanu Reeves in that? Is that is that, that one? That, that's no, uh, no, related to same. it. That's the, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the Philip K. Dick uh, movie that they did, uh, right, Scanner right, Darkly. Right. Yeah, right. that's that one. All right, so no, I haven't, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Waking yeah. Life, no. I just, I just wonder because the one thing that really upset me when I realized that this is going to be called postmodernism, this whole thing, was that like yeah. there's a lot of great postmodern art, like uh, David Foster yeah, yeah. Wallace, Thomas Pynchon, like these yeah. these epic writers who were, were yeah. able to juggle all these different conflicting uh, ideologies and like this big mash of of you know flow. <laughs> Of delivering experience, right? Like it's yeah, all about delivering experience. experience. Like yeah. experience is number one. It's yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that you're right. Like Jim and I often talk about the project itself is a is a postmodern enterprise. It's highly yeah. critical. Um, it's 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 it, cross disciplinary. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's 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 not necessarily academic. There's there's yeah. It's like but but it's it's. I think the I think that this thing is. I think that this thing will eat itself. I hope anyway, because it's so hmm. there is Foucault, but then there's the Antichrist Foucault that comes and eats it. Because um, if you look at it, it's all about tearing power structures down, right? It's all about, and it, it, it actually has some awesome insights. Like I, I actually really like it. Like it's, if you can take the, if yeah. you can, if you can take your the the moral side out of it and the judgmental side out of it, it's actually really it's a good way to analyze things. There's so many insights in this postmodern mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, whoa, geez, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, especially from an artistic point of view. I actually, yeah. I got this theory that Elon Musk is is a postmodern postmodernist without the uh, you know he's plus science plus uh, plus engineering. But and what, that, what makes that, you think that? Just because he he has a bunch of fingers in a bunch of different places, or the way that he communicates, he's, he's able he's able to look at the world and 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 not and not take everything that's been given to him beforehand, right? So he's he's, he's he he can he can dislodge himself from any kind of meta narrative or anything like that. It's like he can look he can look at a city from a blank slate position, um, criticize it, and then go and use his engineering to actually come in and go, I want this. And so, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the, the constructive uh, return. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, exactly. Constructive return. Like he's, he, if you don't have the, I want to reshape 
I want to reshape the world. So, you know, if you don't have the, if you don't take your moral self out into that superposition, the postmodern postmodernists allowed to take mm. you with. It's actually it's a, it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful philosophy. But I mean, that's you you go out there and you bring your moral self. You're you're actually the devil. Like you're 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 pretending to be God. <laughs> yeah, um, demiurge. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's why these guys are so successful because they're actually they're viewing all the systems that we live in, and then they're they're dismantling them and inadvertently, I think, creating their own meta narrative in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that the the thing is is that actually Foucault even said this himself. So it's it's a a power group comes up, and then it creates a new oppressed group, and then a new power group comes up, creates a new oppressed group. So it, it is this cyclical thing. And so as soon as the postmodernists get too, many, too much power, the people are going to use their tools to then take them down again. And I, I actually think that that's potentially what hmm. – I don't, I don't know exactly if that, that's what's, what's happening here, but I think that we, we – yeah, well, our, our group are using postmodern tools. There's, there's yeah. no, no question I think it, that. I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, this researcher named Becca Lewis, and she published a report last fall called the Alternative Influence Net- Network, where she kind of did this weird thing where she took a bunch of alt-right names and then she made all these lines to all these other oh, yeah. not yeah, yeah. alt-right names. And, and just the other day, Milo, Yiannopoulos, and a couple of these big alt-right people got kicked off of Facebook. And she's mm. just clapping along. It's like, finally, we're getting rid of these people. We're getting rid of these people. We're getting rid of these people. And I keep mm. on thinking, who celebrates censorship? Is the, per- the only person who celebrates censorship is the person who doesn't have the argument against that which they dislike. They don't yeah. have the argument, so they need to cut person the people out of the loop. And the one yeah. thing that I think we need to be careful of is that there is something in this ideology that, that gets it infects people of a lower uh, cognitive ability who get mm. really frustrated with how complex everything is. And so mm. they collapse it. And that's what happened at Evergreen. It's that these ideas do not filter well down mm. into person-to-person interaction. You can yeah. look at groups... It's a template, right? A template that doesn't actually fit onto reality properly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Intersectionalism works when you're when you're removed, when you're in that postmodernism yeah. thing and you're seeing, you're seeing all these things on a statistical level. When you're yeah. in front of somebody and you're just trying to give them a latte or buy a latte from them, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, cannot yeah. bring all that. You have to see the individual. And what yeah. I saw at Evergreen over and over and over again, they say you don't see the individual. Never look at the individual because if you look at the individual you're denying their group identity and the group identity ergo is more important and more important. and they're perpetu- they're perpetuating the thing it's so, it's that is so interesting it's so interesting what you're saying there because it, it really is it's it's about people who are locked up in their um it's come from the zero people like they're locked up away from reality and the only way the only way a, a, a philosophy like this would be so would be spreading is in a world where people don't interact with reality very often so, because it does, it doesn't work. Like you const- if you're out there in the world and you're building a business or you're you're yeah. interacting with people, you're constantly getting feedback that oh, this is bullshit. But if you're living there on your phone, like and yeah, yeah, okay. If yeah. you live right, in yeah. Instagram, right, and you don't actually go out, like some some of these kids are so so are so privileged that are picking this thing up, they don't actually actually have jobs or anything like that. So it's like they're sitting there taking photos of themselves, like half living in reality, and um. The hmm. only way that you could pick up this kind of this broken, it's, it's living in some kind of statistical world. Um, 
is, is if you weren't interacting with the actual world. I think you're really onto something there, right? Like it's about changing the world from this, this disconnected position. But then once you're in it, it just doesn't work. And that's, that's where it's scary because like, hmm. you know what, like more and more people pick this thing up and it's not aligning with reality. It'll only roll over more and more people. It'll, well, and, it, and it's going to, it's going to cause a lot of friction. I know, I know some small business owners in the area that have to deal with these kids that come in and force everybody to change the gender pronouns that they, you know, take mm. and then use this whole weird transgender kind of shield to act like shitty people. Mm. And and it throws people off at first. The bosses are like, well, I'll be polite and change your pronouns, but then you can't go around and be rude to all the customers like that. Yeah. You can't do that. That, do, how, that how, doesn't how work. How strange is, is it? It's, it's, this, it's, it's because when, when it actually, when someone adopts this thing, they just, they become a dick and they, they, <laughs> Somehow they somehow justify their them being a dick because there's, there's bullies, there's bullies everywhere, and yeah, it, they yeah. they're in a righteous position where they can justify the worst parts well, of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, empowerment without etiquette is just a license to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like you, if you want power, you have to learn how to control power, and they've yeah. taken they've taken they've taken responsibility out of the equation. They're just looking yeah. for power because the power yeah. is always corruptive. So we have to so seize it. So what do you back. have? You've got toddlers. You've got mean toddlers picking the legs off insects. It's like this weird, it's such yeah. a strange yeah. thing. Uh, well, is it, can, can, we, can we correct ourselves here? Are we, is, is there some good that's, because there, there is this lighter side of it where, where people are motivated. I think that's something that's that true. religion tends to do is that when, I mean, the first time I actually really had some strong respect for religion was when my old man took me back to his country in Mauritius. And you're seeing all these social services that the church are providing, and you're like, would actually would this country have those social services? Um, would these people be would these priests be motivated if they didn't have the religion? So, well, that, but, th- but th- that's then the we've thing. got something that's more well rounded, right? Something yeah, something yeah. that that has redemption and has well, and has humility. Something. Where the the, the yeah. way that I fix the world is by serving the world, and you don't see that in the grievance yeah. study or in the, in the hyperactivist thing. We're not there to serve the world. We're there to change the world. Maybe if you're white. Oh no, no, they do. They'll find it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the well, white people are, are just, you're yeah. here to serve, you're here to serve yeah. your, your That's true. intersectional overlords in this caste system. Except yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, it isn't functional. The thing is it yeah. isn't functional. Put it that way. Like I don't, I don't see it. I think there's a weird thing where, Traditional liberal principles are delivering the goods, um, and we're we're in a position where 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 we can, we've come a long way, and we can continue to go there. I mean, gay marriage is, is is an example, and everyone's really excited about that. But then you've got this this grievance study stuff that's actually taking credit for it, and a lot of people are like, is mm. is it is it this that's been delivering these 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 sped up outcomes that oh, we've got okay. over the past thing? Yeah. And um, so oh. it's. I mean, that's the thing that needs to be untangled because we, okay. unless they can claim that, that they're the ones delivering these kind of these, these progressive and positive outcomes, with, without that, they're nothing. And without the victims, they're nothing as well. Because, and I, that's why I love your work because you're speaking to all these trans people who are like, hey, this isn't, they're not speaking for me. Yeah. And so if you don't give them, if you take their human shields away from them, all they've got is this, this kind of, this, Horrible way to look at the Spiteful, world. <laughs> yeah, soul sucking, uh, mono monolith. Like everybody dresses different. 
the same way. You know? <laughs> Different the same. <laughs> I like so, that. <laughs> well, what's next on your plate? Um, I'm just going to keep chipping away at. I mean, there's a few few projects at the moment. I've got the the platform I'm working with with Dane and Clyde. I think you've you've met. Yeah. Um, letter and man, yeah, letter. Um. I think it's really cool, exciting. Uh, could you we, could you we, tell that to the audience? What what is letter? What are you guys doing? Well, the the way I like to talk about it is that it's the it's a place where the conversations that should be happening in the university are happening on the internet. So it's these long form, good faith um, conversations that are happening in letters. And so, I mean, it, it's kind of like this if we weren't recording and we were um, and we were writing to each other. So it's typically I think it works best when so it's a, it's a social media platform and I think it works best when one person disagrees with another person and they, they agree that they're, they're, they agree in the dialectical process. They agree that, that we, we want to, we don't want to hurt each other. We want to figure out what's true between us. Yeah. And so a person will write a letter and then a person will write a response and a person will write the response. And there's, there's a kind of, there's a, there's a good faith back and forth. And because it's long form, you can add nuance. And so it's kind of, trying to correct for the problems that, that, you know, Twitter has where it's just these yeah. like little body, you know, no nuance or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually, it's actually, I've, I've, I've had one exchange and it's enlightening. Like, cause you don't, sometimes you don't know what you think about a certain subject until you actually think about it and write it out. And, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a learning, it's a learning process and it's, hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think it could be, it could be something quite cool. That would so be working on that. amazing if that was implemented within humanities, uh, undergraduate coursework, like yeah. have uh, changed my view writing. Yeah. So you have to work on your writing, then you have to work on your critical thinking skills. Definitely. Definitely. I think that that, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's an important process to have to go through, I think, yeah. and and it's valuable, but it's not. I mean, the the issue is it doesn't have that immediate um, brainstem kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's work, it's work, and so anything yeah. valuable. The slow burn dopamine hit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I think the way we can plug the dopamine into it is um, is talking to these platforms. Like, there's a partnership with Aereo where the best conversations will get published on area. Yeah, so it's okay. kind of yeah. like, I think that that's probably where the dopamine will go, go because yeah. then, then you're obviously praised for your, your work. I spoke with the, the other founder. What's his name again? I... Uh, so it's Dane Rathbone and Clyde Rathbone. And then yeah. uh, okay, the tech yeah. side, you've got um, uh, Mo Man. Okay. Yeah, I was speaking to Dan and, and I thought that this, yeah, it's very similar to what I'm doing and, and like a, a media a media interaction at the end of this letter exchange would be fascinating. Like where the two people meet up on Skype and they kind of like debrief. Yeah. The right. Letter thing. Like that would, that would give it more, uh, you because know, they've, they've had, they've had the, they've had the, like the slow think. Yeah. They thought what, things that, through. Yeah. They've had the slow think and then, yeah, they can deliver it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. There's something there. So you're working on that, and then uh, you're just going to keep on banging around the world, uh, grieving your way through the <laughs> academy, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure it out. I mean, there's yeah, there's a few things on the on the horizon. There's potential foundation with uh, mm. um, with Pete, Helen, Jim, and I. So just to continue the work and just to figure okay. this stuff out. Um, 
I, I really, I don't, I probably shouldn't even talk about that because it's so early. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, there's a film that I'm working on. Yeah. I'm going to continue to create. Um, I, what's happening on YouTube is really cool. Like, it's. I think that I, I just want to nurture that. that. For you? People are supporting it. Um, great. I, I, I like it, and it's it's like I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so usually I want to make things that that, that take you know a better like, and yeah. so. I think that it's a place where I can play and then be okay with just doing things that, you know, that might not work, but fuck it, let's see how it works. That's like mm. a kind of oh, good. Um, way, to, way to interact with the audience and get their feedback and figure out how they've, um, how they've interacted with the things I've made as well, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And support. The support's been amazing. Like, um, yeah. It's coming in via Patreon. Some people are giving me PayPal. People really believe yeah. in this. Thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of hate and the old media machine, uh, I've been exiled, put it that way. There's been some things that have uh, happened yeah. that make, like, I'm not welcome back there. But um, hmm. I think that, that there's, there's, yeah, I think that the old media machine is collapsing and there's something that is um, expanding outside of it. And I prefer to be where the, the, the goodwill and the happiness is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'm going to shuffle everybody over to your channel then. Awesome. Please As do. if they don't already know about it. But um, Maybe, maybe. Also, the, I, I got to thank you, man. Like it's your I, – I, I just want to – I need to send people to your channel because the, the, all, the, all the love and everything that's around the Evergreen, I feel like it was, it was kind of a partnership. Like you did a lot of work that I lent on in order to <laughs> make what I made and – Footage resources and just everything. I just, yeah, thanks, man. Really no, it. no, thank you. I think it, it's been very symbiotic. Like you, you were able to take it in a direction that I just don't have the skills to do. Like you, <laughs> you, you took like the 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 core of it and you, you put it in a place where people can see the core. I'm still trying to. I'm still too mixed up in it. Still, stuff's still details, going right? on. Right. Well, it's it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. It was it's so hard to yeah. I don't want to drag this this kind of mutual masturbation session out out too <laughs> okay, long. But uh, but <laughs> in, like I understand your problem, and I yeah. I totally like. I mean, it's detail on top on top of detail, and all of them are important. Yeah. So it's it's really yeah. Anyway, yeah. we we should think about I'm working on more stuff in the future. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Mike. Well, cool, um, let's keep in touch then, and I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Have a good weekend. All right. Sure. Catch you soon. Bye.